You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Here's Doug. Well, greetings, everyone. You're listening to another episode of Leadership Powered by Common Sense. My name is Doug Thorpe, your host. And today we're going to learn about something called the gooder life. If you've never heard of that before, my guest is going to explain that to us. His name is Kendall Lehman. Kendall, welcome to the show. Thank you, Doug. It's good to be here. Good to talk to someone who has common thoughts and beliefs about leadership. Well, as has been the theme of this program since day one, we are trying to look at the complex, confusing, and somewhat ambiguous world around us, and as leaders find ways to create focus, clarity, purpose, mission, vision, all of those things. And you've got an interesting spin on that in your work, and I, I kind of teased it in the opening there. What is this thing you call the gooder life? Yeah, you know, uh, Doug, when I was a young man, I, I uh, went over to my uncle's house. He um, he would always have all of the family gatherings at his house. And uh, I walked in one day and I said, um, he said, Kendall, how you doing? I said, I'm all right. And he said, no, well, there's only two kinds of days good or gooder. You got to make a choice. And uh, I, I carried that with me for many years. I shared, shared that story for many years to different people and everybody gets a chuckle out of it. But as I got older and maybe grew in wisdom, as we hope we do, um, what I learned was that um, while he is probably asking me to make a choice each day, there's more to living a gooder life than just making that choice. It's more of a mindset. It's more of a getting up each day, trying to be better today than you were yesterday. And um, so that's kind of what the book is about. It talks about some some uh, essential attitudes that I call the foundation of the gooder life. And then it talks about some principles. Um, but, Doug, they're, they're all things that we've talked about for years. It's nothing new. I'm saying it in my way. Um, and maybe that that connects with someone. Um, but it's about living life in a certain way. It's about being a family member in a certain way, but it also applies to leadership. How do we lead people? Uh, what are the qualities that, that we want to see and, and what are the qualities that we want to do for, for our people? Right. And, and I like that idea that start with the idea it is a choice. But to your point, I think there's a deeper layer there. And I, I frequently talk to my own coaching clients about the story that's going on between your ears, the the story, the call it a, the video reel, the <laughs> you know the short or whatever you want to call it that's going on, that story that may have been accumulated, you got to make a choice to sometimes change that story because it's just wrong. It, you're right. You know, I've been doing a lot of reading about authenticity in today's world and, and being authentic. And I, I come across a bunch of articles about money. Uh, what is authentic money? What's counterfeit money? And um, I was reading a story um, about a man who was in Canada who went to the Federal Reserve of Canada and was talking to them about how do you tell counterfeit from authentic? We'll take money out of the situation. And they they talked about the characteristics of the authentic and how they study those characteristics of, of authenticity 
to be able to find counterfeit. But one of the things they talked about is you have to be very, very intentional in what you're doing in order to find that counterfeit money. You know, that that is something that I'm really looking at recently is intentional in our lives, intentional in everything that we do. And um, I had a quote I wanted to read to you because I read it. I'm, I'm a big fan of Andy Andrews, who who wrote many books and is an author. But he said, when you know that everything matters, that every move counts as much as any other, you will begin living a life of permanent purpose. And, and I think that as leaders, as um, friends, as family members, we have to understand that everything we do matters. Every word we say every action that we do. And um, so I think we have to be extremely intentional and uh, and understand that that what we're doing may affect someone else. Well, you have, uh, I, I'm old enough, I can go back to the old Groucho Marx show. He would have his talk show and guests. And if, if they would say the magic word, this bird would drop down and there'd be a little celebration. You just said the magic word, my friend, intentional. That That's one of my favorite ideas that, that I try to work with clients about because it is so easy to wake up in the morning, throw yourself together, get out the door, get busy, get going, and burn the daylight, come home at the end of the day and look back and go, wow, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't get done what I wanted to do. Yeah. And, and you got to ask yourself, why? Why, why didn't you? And, and I think that word intentional is so powerful to think about. And, and it is, you know, people struggle and search for this idea of what's my purpose. Yeah. But if, if we get focused on a direction that we can be excited and mobilized and energized about, and then we become intentional moving toward that goal, your purpose fulfills itself. You're exactly right. Um, in fact, I, you, you probably wrote the article that I read this morning, if I didn't know any better, and I know you didn't, but you said exactly what they said in there. Um, uh, it is that thing of we can live the life on like a surface level where, where we do what you just said. We get up and just kind of fly by night through the day. And uh, at the end of the day, you don't know what you've done. But, you know, I think if we start each day with the thought in mind that we're going to cross paths with many people, and that may be on the telephone, that may be in a meeting, that may be going down the hallway. And a word that I say or an action that I do may affect their lives forever. Then I think it forces us to maybe become a little more intentional and, and be real careful with words we say and words that we don't say, um, because we are going to have an impact on other people's lives every day, no matter, no matter what we do. Well, I, I agree totally. And I think when it comes to the idea of owning a business and, and even being a, a, in a bigger pond, running a department in a larger corporation, the, when, you, when you do the work to lay out the vision and the direction you think you want to go, if, if you're not being purposeful and intentional about getting there, 
you will find yourself scratching your head saying, why don't my people get this? Why, why don't they, why don't they follow along? Why, why don't they see what I'm talking about? And it is on the leader's shoulders to be able to live that life, whatever that vision or that purpose is, and have those discussions, those one-on-ones, those small little nuggets of, of touch points with people. And I ask, I frequently talk about this with my clients and ask the question, how do you want to show up in the moment? Because a success or a reputation or an achievement is usually never all by itself just materializes one day. It's usually a composite of all these moments of activity, interaction, and effort that come together to make it. I've got a good friend here locally that is a sports coach, not in the traditional sports coach, but he's he's like us. He, he's an executive type coach, but he does it in the sports arena. Okay. So, so he's more that head and heart kind of coach rather than the physical or the tactical. And he, he talks about it a lot. You know, a, a baseball player's career doesn't just materialize. It's moment by moment when he goes to bat. Yep, yep. And, and every pitch is a moment to be great at what you're doing or just mediocre. You know, I think that goes back to what, what you and I talked about early in this conversation about choices. Uh, a mentor of mine told me one time, we're the sum total of all of our choices. And uh, we're the sum total of all of our actions. And, and um, you know, you're, you're right. All of those come together to make something at the end. And, and uh, you know, if we're not intentional about those actions and those choices and the words that we say, what, what the sum of that is going to be is maybe not what we want it to be. Um, you know, the, 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 the whole thing about this, too, and, and I talked about it early on about authenticity is, I think that you you mentioned about having teams that look at you and say, I, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, what what, what are you trying to get across to us? Um, just really feel like we're living in a world right now where people are wanting something that is real, something that is authentic. Um, we live in a in a world where we hide behind screen names a lot of times. Um, everything's virtual. You don't know if what you're seeing is real or not. And and everybody wants that authenticity. And so if we as leaders will be intentional about what we're doing and allow what our true selves are to come out through that, then there will be an authenticity about us that will draw others to us and they'll want to follow. And um, But that's the key. You can't fake it. You can maybe say the right words. You can maybe do the right actions. But in the end, people will see through that and see if that's truly who you are. And uh, that makes that's, that's a decision we have to make is, is are we going to be real with the people that we lead? And I agree with you. And part of that authenticity comes with, there, there's a, some may call it soft side or vulnerable side. Yeah. Part of that authenticity is also showing up in a moment, standing up in front of the crowd and saying, you know what, folks, I blew it. I, I made a mistake. What I did, said, chose to do was wrong. It, it didn't fit the moment. We didn't get the outcome we wanted. I'm going to own that. It's on me. Yep. 
now let's rally around and let's figure out the recovery and the next step and what we're going to do going forward. Absolutely. It's that honesty. It's that being vulnerable. And uh, you don't have to be the smartest guy in the group. You don't got to be the smartest guy in the room. Um, you just got to be honest and, and, and admit failure and understand that failure is where we do a lot of our learning. And we take that and we build on it and we move forward. And if we as leaders are willing to stand in front and say that, then they will be willing to say that also. Right, right. Well, there's been a lot of talk about trust. And I and a colleague, you know, wrote our own book on how to establish trust at work. But this authenticity factor becomes part of it as well. You know, people just automatically don't trust somebody that they don't think is real or right. is honest or has levels of integrity, et cetera. Absolutely. You know, in my book, I talk about, I said it earlier, the three essential attitudes. And, and I am, I'm convinced after being in the career I've been in and, and early on in my career, when, when maybe I wasn't in a leadership position, I would watch leaders and I would I would record. I want to do it like them if I ever get the opportunity. I don't want to do it like this over here. And I kind of came up with what I think the foundation is that allows us to be that authentic, honest, real person. And and they're thankful, humble and respectful. And, um, you know, I think a, a person who, who wakes up every day and is thankful for what they've been given, thankful for for the people around them, thankful for the opportunities, and then the person who humbles themselves and, and allows them to be vulnerable in, in front of their people, and then just respecting everybody, no matter what position that person holds from the janitor to the president. Um, I've just always felt from my experience that that is a foundation that if we put that in place, um, keeps us grounded. And, and helps us come across and be that, that honest person. You, know, you can't fake humble. You're arrogant or you're humble. Um, you, you, can, you can maybe try to fake respect, but at some point it's going to come out that you don't really respect people. And, um, and being thankful is, a, I always call that an, an, an active perspective. Um, we may be having a lot of things go on in our lives where our, our, our eyes are turned toward our problems or what we're doing. But when we take that moment to be thankful and are looking outside of ourselves at things around us that we're just we're, we have a heart of gratitude toward those things, it uh, it gives us a different view of the circumstances around us, and um, I, I just feel like those those three things are are essential for leaders to have in order to be that that leader that people will follow and will see as authentic. As you were describing that, I couldn't help but go back to a, an experience I had a couple of years ago. I was engaged with a, a, a good sized publicly traded company and was coaching some of their leadership team. And we had already been engaged for several months. And one day I was scheduled to meet with one of the execs and we got on the line and she was just crying her eyes out. and. It was like, uh oh, what uh, do we need to reschedule this? What's going on? What happened? She proceeded to explain to me that their chief legal counsel, a gentleman that was a very senior officer of the company, in-house legal counsel, passed away at work. Oh my! And and, um, and 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 the loss was not just about 
his technical expertise, which was very good. He was a, apparently a very accomplished attorney. He had been with the company 30 years, taking them public, all of that, you know, and, and they're in oil and gas, so it was highly regulated. So, you know, a lot of accolades for, on the professional side. But the loss and grief that the company was having was him as a person, as an authentic leader. And and usually what I'm getting ready to say doesn't correlate with the attorney in the room, you know, that, <laughs> <laughs> no knock to our attorney friends, but you know what I'm talking about. But this guy apparently had that gift of speaking to everyone, remembering names, remembering mm -hmm. details, and the stories that accumulated after that, she wasn't the only one that shared that version or a version of that story with me. For about a month, everybody I had meetings with was still sharing and, and reflecting on his loss and how great it was going to be. And nobody said anything about his legal skills. <laughs> <laughs> it was all about the leader he was to inspire them and engage them and the thankful respectful and what was your third one humble humble yeah all of that was rolled up in this guy and uh so that arguably blew a big hole in the organization because now oh. granted he had a pretty big platform from which to exhibit those abilities but that was part of their culture. The whole company operated that way. Yeah. You know, isn't that interesting though? And, and I would ask your, your listeners to, to think about this. Um, when he was gone, what did the people say about him? And, you know, I would, I would challenge us and, and your listeners to every day think, you know, when my people who are around me go home at night and sit at the dinner table, what do they say about me? If, if I am gone, what are they going to say about me? And, and, and I think I would, as a person, much rather have them talk about the stories I told, uh, the caring I showed over, boy, he was a good IT guy. Um, you know, I would much rather have those people skills talked about after I leave. It's kind of the legacy thing. You know, what, what kind of legacy are you leaving each day at work when you cross paths with all of these people? And obviously, he did a really nice job of, of doing that and, and leaving something for those people to remember. Yeah. And uh, you touch on a good point and I, I get the privilege from time to time of dealing with people that are fairly far advanced in their careers, but yet they're still looking for a little more, uh, being even better leader than they might already be. And we talk about that legacy thing a lot. That's usually, on occasion, I've had people ask me, they, they say, you know, well, Doug, I'm willing to talk to a coach, but I'm not sure I see the sense of it. I've only got three to five years and then I'm out the door and I'll be done and I'll be gone. And when I get that from somebody, that's my first question. Well, have you thought about your legacy? Yeah. And... I've actually had one gentleman almost turn to tears when I brought that up and and because uh, he turns out he was deeply concerned about it. And I said, well, then, you know, for the time that's left, why don't you and I work on mapping that out and we'll see what parts of your leadership toolkit need to be adjusted so that you can create that legacy that you really want to leave behind. Yeah. 
You know, also, uh, I'm, I'm kind of reminded, and, and this is kind of a little funny book. It was written by a guy named Charlie Tremendous Jones, and, and it was called Life is Tremendous. But in there, he talks about what makes life tremendous is learning to live life every day. And so it reminds me when you say, you know, well, we're at the end of our career. I've only got two years left. Um, life's going to go on beyond that. And every day we're going to learn something that helps us learn how to live this life even better and, and hopefully learn to, to leave a legacy that that matters and people respect. Yeah. Along that same line, I'm familiar with another little book, and I forget who the author is, but it's called The Happy Pig. And it's uh, it's actually a, looks like a children's book and it probably was originally, but I've seen it used in, in a lot of team building type settings and uh, shared with people. And, and it, it goes back to your original point, showing up and making choices for the day, and you can choose to have a good life slash, okay, it's all right, no big, yeah. or gooder, you know? Yeah, yeah. What, you know, what's I've, better? What's, what's more that I can contribute to? Absolutely. I've seen the meme recently um, online, and, and I don't know that I can say it exactly, but it's basically saying life is not neither, life is neither good nor bad. It's life. It, it, it becomes good or bad based on, whatever you make choices of what, how you make the decisions. And, um, and it's true. Uh, how do we respond to those things that come up in our life each day? Um, do we make a choice to be miserable or do we make a choice to, to enjoy the time we have? And so, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I will say this, it's much easier said than done. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of these talks like this and I always put the disclaimer out there that, now understand, I am not. I am not perfect at this. I'm pretty good at talking about it, but um, when it comes to it, I'm like anybody else. It's hard, and it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of effort. It takes courage to step out and and be a little bit different than the the crowd. In fact, I I saw a a quote that said um, it was by a man named Rollo May, I believe, and it said the opposite of courage is not cowardice. It's conformity. And, and we as people, a lot of times in our day-to-day, -day, as we talked about earlier in this, just kind of going through the motions, it's very easy to do what everybody else is doing. In the end, if you're asked about it, why do you do that? I don't really know why we do it. I'm just doing it because I've always done it that way. And it takes courage to step out and say, you know what? I am going to be intentional. I am going to be intentional about the choices I make and the words I say and and uh, I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to allow myself to be vulnerable. I'm going to be honest with my people. Um, that's not the norm. And and it takes some courage to step out and do that. But if you do, um, I say in my book that it's, it brings a life of freedom that you've never seen because now all of a sudden you're deciding how you're going to respond to all of the outside influences that come at you instead of allowing those to blow you around like you're in the middle of a storm. Now you control that and it, it gives you some freedom. Well, you know, along that line, there's that same thinking about uh, assuming a mindset of either being a victim or a victor. Absolutely. 
And there is plenty going on in the world right now where people feel victimized by circumstance. It, you know, it didn't turn out the way I wanted to. My boss treated me bad. My boss said something that made me feel bad. You know, it, you know, just a lot of different things. And I know that's one of the areas that I spend a lot of time on, on a personal level. I've got five kids and they're all, you know, grown up and they've got families of their own and, and they're really hitting stride with hitting the world head on, facing the world head on and, and the struggles that come from that. And it's easy to get into that victim mindset. Absolutely. You know, and um, whether it's losing a job or not getting a promotion or volunteering for something and not being told you're good enough to help in a volunteer. Really? <laughs> How does that work? Not good enough for a volunteer role. Uh, you know, it, it, uh, there, there is a lot of that kind of pain and strife in the world. But interestingly, back to our point here, when, when I hear these stories and I hear the circumstances, it's coming from people in positions of authority that aren't doing what you and I are talking about. Yes. They're not being good leaders. They, they may be arguably or not even being good managers. They're, they're just being mean, terrible people. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, the fact of the matter is there's a lot of people sitting in leadership positions today that have no business being in those leadership positions. It's just a fact though, that happens. And I think you and I maybe talked about this uh, on a conversation we had earlier about people who are put in positions um, because maybe they did good at a job at some point and, and everybody saw their, what we would call in today's world, hard skills. They, they were a good worker. And, and because of that, we should move them up and let them be a supervisor. And that, that person's niche, their, their comfort zone, and the place where they need to be is that worker. But instead, we put them in that supervisory position, and now they're over people. And now we're asking them to use skills that we don't know if they have or not. And what's going to end up happening is we've put them in a position to fail. Um, because either they're going to they're be able to, to adapt and learn those skills, or they're not. And most of the time, I've seen that they don't. And... Um, and it's a hard position we've put them in, and um, and usually it's uh, it's people just not understanding. You got to have some other skills, soft skills, people skills, in order to move into that leadership role. Right. And as is often said, you know, people join companies but they quit bosses. Right. And that happens time and time again. It's been happening certainly my whole career life, which is long now. And it's going to keep happening until people in positions of authority embrace the idea there is this th thing we call leadership that needs to be studied, exercised, learned, practiced, and experienced to be effective in the way you influence and handle your people. Yeah. You know, your, um, your sign back behind you, the, and, and the name of your podcast leadership powered by common sense. Everything we've talked about today is common sense to the people who are able to see common sense. Right. Unfortunately, not everybody sees that. Um, 
But if we if we are one that does and and we do truly lead by common sense, people will follow because I think they're hungry for that in today's world. They want that. And and when I say common sense, I'm talking about the authentic also. Um, Authentic leadership. Um, I think that that is what people are hungry for and they're longing for. And um, if if we can be one of those people, we will have a group that will follow us. Well, a couple of months ago, I kind of put a flag in the sand and wrote an article that said that I firmly believe that the old style command and control of of management, and again, I'm not even going to call it leadership, yeah. needs to go out the door. There, there are there are a few exceptions to that, and I don't want to divert too long. There, there are a few fundamental exceptions that make sense, but in in terms of day-to-day business operation now we we need to become more people centric we as leaders need to become more people centric more sensitive and I, I like your framework the the authenticity yeah no absolutely um we're called to be leaders and not bosses or lords over people and um you know i mean it and to not deviate also, I mean, it, we know where that came from. It came from a rev, uh, an industrial time in our country where factories were going and there were bosses. And and uh, I think people kind of felt like that was the way it had to work. You know, it's interesting that maybe even back then it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if someone would have been that authentic leader. Um, but yeah, that's kind of carried through. But I, I agree with you. We are in a time in our world with with different generations where people are wanting someone to understand what they're going through, understand they have lives outside of the workplace that we see them all the time, um, and to be able to identify with them and be authentic with them and and help them live life as well as do the work that that we have to do at our at our places of work. Well, I'm curious. I want to ask you, Kendall, if um, you can think back on a, a moment when maybe you've had an opportunity to coach somebody that's come along, they're rising up the organization, and they admit they're struggling a little bit in their new authority role, and you've tried to share some of these principles. I, I want to focus on the guy that maybe initially pushes back and says, no, that doesn't sound right. I, I, that doesn't make sense to me. What, what what do you tell them to try to crack through that, you know, that shell or that wall? Yeah, in fact, I do remember a mentoring session I had uh, with an employee one time and was asked to have this session because there was some conflict between the leader and this person. And uh, they just wanted some another set of eyes on it. Uh, you know, I took the time at first to get to know the the person I was mentoring and kind of understand what the situation was from their side. Um, but it came down to this, and and it for it's kind of funny that a lot of times it comes down to this. I told them you need to stop talking. You're talking too much. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that we see, I think, in our society, in our lives, uh, if you're married uh, with your kids at work. Um, even on a company survey, you will, you will almost always see that we are lacking in the area of communication. And, um, so we always put these programs in place to be a better communicator. 
Um, one of the things we forget is communication is a two-sided event. Uh, there's listening and there's talking. And uh, so a lot of times when I talk to people, I will tell them, um, understand that wherever the conflict is at, wherever you're struggling at, um, it's not necessarily always about you. It's about maybe someone else. And um, so we, we really focus in on being a good listener to start with and a thinker. Um, and, and don't be afraid of the uncomfortable pauses in conversations to uh, listen to what someone is saying to you. And if you need to stop and contemplate what that was that you just heard before you respond to do that. And so this, this particular person that I was mentoring that day, we, we went through a few sessions and they came back to me and I said, so how's it going? And they said, well, actually it's going really well. And I said, why? And she said, because I'm listening to what's being told to me. And, um, and so I, I've had pushback, but usually the pushback comes from um, that person looking at it and not seeing what they're actually doing. You know, it's almost like you need to have them pull back a little bit. Hey, let's look at yourself from my view up on top here where, where we can see. And I think they usually see that a lot of their actions are maybe causing some of the problems they're having. But, you know, it, I wrote down one time, what's the most important advice you can give to people with that you're mentoring or young leaders? And, and the advice is it's not about you always. Right. I can't help but agree. And again, I'm, I'm kind of reflecting on recent circumstances in my own life and situations. And uh, without going into all the details, that that's exactly one of the key elements and challenges there. People are looking at situations and they're they're immediately taking it inward. They're absorbing things that may or may not be true and not Processing, processing them from an objective standpoint. Maybe some parts they're taking too much of the burden that, that no, that's not what that person said. You know, that's, they're back to that victim mindset idea. Absolutely. Yes. And in the other, on the other side of that coin, they're not giving enough credit to what's being said and, and enough candor and honesty about maybe they are the source of part of the problem. Yeah, that's the hard part is uh, looking at yourself and saying that, you know, maybe maybe it's not all them. Sometimes it's me. And it absolutely goes back to the victim or victor. How, how are you going to look at this and um, uh, what parts are you going to take responsibility for? Right. Well, Kendall, uh, I think this has been great. I mean, we, this may be a, a good place to kind of round this up and put a bow on it, but uh, tell people how they might get a hold of you or grab your book if they're interested in learning more. Yeah, the book can be found at, at pretty much any outlet, uh, Amazon, Books A Million, Walmart, online. Can you um, say the title again? The Gooder Life in Layman's Terms. And, <laughs> A little pun on the on the name there. A little play uh, on words, good. That's right. Uh, uh, then then to get hold of me, you can always go to thegooderlife.com or thegooderlifegroup.com. A um, little bit about me there, and then there's always a contact form there. People can reach out and, and get me, and, and that's how people will contact me a lot of times to come speak or, or do things like that. 
That's I'm awesome. All, I, this this is the fun part of life for me is to is to get to talk about this with other people like you. And so I very much appreciate the time we've had. Absolutely. Well, and again, thank you for sitting in and sharing that idea. And I think, folks, you know, as as we said at the top of the show, that we we are here to kind of peel the onion and and get down to some simple common sense. Uh, I'll use your word, gooder solutions. I know that's grammatically horrible. And so for all you wannabe editors out there, apologies in advance. But uh, it, it it's a thought and a practice that really has powerful impact if you're in a role of leadership and authority. Being this kind of authentic leader is is what people can relate to it it's it's the leader people can respect and admire and rally around and and you might be able to accomplish greater things if you uh, take a moment think about your leadership style if you need some help on that journey you can always reach out to me i'm uh, available online and uh, through most of the social media channels. Uh, clearly my website, dougthorpe.com is a place to get a hold. But uh, I provide one-on-one -on -one coaching, counseling, and also uh, team teamwork, team level building, team coaching. So hop over there, take a look. For now, we're going to sign off, say goodbye, and have a great day. You've been listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense hosted by Doug Thorpe. If you would like to know more about the coaching and advisory services he provides, visit DougThorpe.com.